because weddings are, or any event, it doesn't even have to be a wedding, can be stressful. For sure. And a lot of, you know, a lot of things happening, a lot of, you know, especially if you don't have that plan. If you don't have a plan, it's going to be even more stressful, you know. So imagine if there is a plan and, and things are a little less stressful, but if you're not communicating with, properly communicating with your second shooter, you're not doing your job. And that person is not going to work with and it, and it not going to want to work with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've been I've seen I've been on shoots like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just not it's not look, we're all on the same team. We're all trying to do the best we can to what we're trying to do for that day. You know, yeah. we're all on the same team here together, you know, but if you're just working with someone it's just it's just making it more difficult. It's just not a fun day. Before you hit record, a weekly video podcast for and by event filmmakers with Jess Nicole, Michael LaFrance, and JC Ramirez. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Before You Hit Record. You know, event filmmakers, like, we, you, you put your body on the line when it comes to a lot of this stuff, especially eight jobs in like seven days. Yeah, so I did have eight shoots this week, but you know what really helped out a ton? That I had a second shooter. There you go. So perfect transition to what today's show is all about, and that's about second shooters. Now, I know often people tend to look at second shooters as like not so high on the uh, crew list, you know? Uh, You always think of the main shooter. I know for me, uh, what stuck with me when I heard this many years ago from uh, another event and wedding filmmaker, Ray Roman, he said, you're only as good as your second shooter. And that really uh, resonated with me and sticks with me even to this day because I believe that it's not a, uh, it shouldn't be so overlooked because there are so many things happening at an event. It's live. Um, it's always great to have a second shooter. You guys, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I agree. I, I even, if it's not someone that is going to provide the same sort of skill level, I don't mind trying to find people that are even better than me. Like, mm-hmm. because we put so much trust, or we should be putting a good level of trust in our second shooters depending on if there are two different locations or whatever the event may entail um, there could be a whole bunch of trust needed there and so I definitely agree with everything that you've said I mean they're a huge help yeah no I I agree I agree but I also think you know with the trust thing you have to be very specific with who your second shooter is because you want them to complement your work not to be a problem yeah. which it could which can be sometimes can but you, can you give an example of a problem with that oh, i'll give an example of a problem if you have someone for you bring in someone for a shoot and you know there could be d- different things miscommunication uh them like not knowing exactly what to get and uh they just get they completely miss the shot mm-hmm. and then you after the shoot when you're reviewing you're like why did i bring this person mm-hmm. so that's kind of what i mean they're supposed to complement your work, not affect it, yeah. uh, which ha- which has happened to all of us. Mm. I'm sure it's happened to all of us. And um, but yeah, I think that second shooters are very important because we are all good shooters, and we want someone that is a good shooter as well. Mm. So uh, it's like a second, you know, it's a third and fourth eye yeah. that that is, that is there That's at, at a shoot, and um, and yeah, always. Uh, a thing that yeah, so I agree with you. I don't have to echo you, echo what all all you say because uh, second shooters, I think um, 
it does come down to like vetting them, right? You know what I mean? You want to make sure that they're just, this is not their first day out on the job. And if, if it is there, and if they are very green, they can be not necessarily a shooter, they can be a PA and kind of maybe help because they're just not at that level yet. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think just because they can't shoot, you can still have someone, but know where they are. So you're not, you're not putting yourself or jeopardizing your shoot and compromising it. You know what I mean? So maybe they can help kind of on a first couple of shoots, kind of carry some stuff around, maybe understand the gear, understand the lenses. You know what? What's really important. I just thought of knowing where everything is in your bags. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, do you know how many times you're in a jam and you're like, and your bags are like on the other side of the room or all in the other place and you need it like, mm -hmm. like right away. And if you have a second shooter that maybe he's, he started off as an assistant of some kind or knows your system and knows where everything's at, can quickly grab it. That's like, that's golden, man. You know what I mean? So that's what I would, that's what I would say. So uh, yeah, know their skill level, just know where they're at. And then obviously as a second shooter, I think be honest with the person you're working with. Don't try to like smoke and mirror shit. You know yeah. what I mean? You gotta be, you gotta be honest. You gotta be upfront and let them know Hey, listen, I only have X, I've only done X amount of weddings or I've only done these amount of shoots. I haven't necessarily done a, a runway model show before. So they don't really know. And you know what? I think it's all about communication and trust, you know? So that's what I would. Yeah, I think that's what the whole post-production thing. It, you know, you got to meet prior, talk about what lenses you have. Right? Yeah. yeah. Talk about what lenses you have, what you want to get, what you want them to get, what mm -hmm. framing, mm -hmm. camera settings, super important. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, all of that's a big part of preparing your second shooter for the shoot. For sure. I, I would say too, another thing that's really important is obviously um, without doubt, communication and letting, you know, sometimes, you know how it is with weddings, those timelines, they don't come in until probably like, I would say maybe a few hours before. Yeah, because sometimes they're revising things yeah. and changing things at the last minute or whatever. And but make sure you know as a second shooter where you're going to be, what's the address, what time you're going to be. Yeah. And I always tell I tell people it's like, listen, uh, you know, it, be early. You know, mm -hmm. I forgot exactly what I wrote down in my notes, yeah. but but be you know if it says a certain time be early yeah you know it's funny my mentors at a program i'm part of in miami called young arts they always used to say early is on time and on time is late so that's how i live by and i think any filmmaker whether your event or production any production you you have to live by those those yeah those things that's so true and you know one thing i'd also say about dealing with second shooters is be be upfront with them and let them know exactly what the game plan is going into things. You know, um, there are several moments, especially when it comes to weddings, like, you know, you have everything from bridal prep to a first look to the ceremony, uh, all the different other things that happen during the reception moments. Before those moments happen, you should sit down or not even sit down and talk to them about, hey, this is where this is what I want of you. I want you to be on sticks or I want you on a monopod or I want you on this lens. I want you to focus and then what what to do. I want you to get reaction shots and I want you to focus strictly on the groom or I want you to focus on, you know, 
Certain, so you know everything is covered and you're not getting double up from two people or another, right. that you're all on the same page. That is like so important. In fact, I think Jess, you were saying to me about you worked with a planner. I mean, uh, uh, you were second shooting. Yes. Yeah, and so tell me about that. Yeah, I loved this. I don't think I've seen anyone do this where, and kudos to him, he'll see this, but he sent me the, we, we did a lot correct, like prior to the pre-production, talking and I'll get a little bit more into it but specifically with the timeline um, and maybe that's what you were talking about right. earlier um, he sent me the timeline generic and then he sent me that same just duplicated but for me specifically mm -hmm. so like my name was on it and then for each moment that I needed to capture he has and I have it pulled up here um, exactly what lens and maybe like frame rate everything the camera settings that I need and the lenses specifically that I need for each of those moments I thought it was brilliant yeah. I didn't have to ask him every time we're changing something I mean there was a moment where things got pushed back and it was right after the ceremony um, he was with the bride and groom it was just one of those moments where you can't always like we couldn't communicate but I knew because of what he put in the timeline exactly what lens I needed to switch mm -hmm. to and film like mm -hmm. cocktail hour and specific things so um but writing down like the lenses that I needed for each moment and that's I just I loved that I've never, I've seen, never that seen it and I mean yeah, yeah that's really that's really it's brilliant yeah so, so you, yeah so you know exactly if you're gonna be on a 50 or you're gonna be on a 7200 yes. and it was something we talked about prior Right. To the wedding day, you yeah. know, and we'll talk about this later. I right. have a contract that we send now. We confirm what gear and what lens is. So that's how he knew that's perfect. what lenses I had. You know, and that's great. You know, you, the thing is, anything we do, you got to be prepared, you know. And and I, 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 as much as you want to be prepared, mm -hmm. you know, uh, events don't always go according to time, schedule. Yes, I know, that sounds crazy, right? Yeah, and anything can happen. Literally, I've had at a shoot that I'm hired to do one specific thing, ask like, oh, could you also take pictures? Like, take, you get pictures of this person. Yeah. And, you know, it's not our responsibility to have a camera to take pictures, but, hey, if the opportunity comes up and you're there, mm -hmm. you know, Right. More points for you, Absolutely. but um, but yeah, anything can happen. Like, oh, we have this thing going on here. Can you mic this other person? Right. Those things happen. Right. So it's better to anticipate than to be like, oh, bummer. And then I feel like that's one of the things that, you know, I've also learned from shoots mm -hmm. in the past. But uh, being flexible. Being flexible for sure, and also with time, because yeah. sometimes it's like, oh, this is taking longer than we thought. Right. Uh. So yeah, I mean. I, yeah, those are those are just super important things. So the thing is, the key the key to any event is to be prepared. Uh, always be prepared for whatever circumstances or situations because things will things are going to happen. You got to make sure you're communicating with your team and your crew, and you're transparent of what's happening. But you also need to be anticipating what possibly might change or shift. You know, I think another cool thing, another important thing to be in mind, be mindful of is to always uh, communicate throughout the day. Mm -hmm. uh, I know it's tough, some, I've seen this, I'm not, a, I don't do this, but I know some people have radio systems yeah, and, I, and I don't know. I did that a couple weeks ago. Yeah? Are you a fan of that? You like that? 
they never fit me, but um, <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it. But um, I think it was almost two weekends ago, I was second shooting, um, and we did that for a good like half the day. Mm -hmm. um, just for moments where there was a lot going on, we weren't exactly in the same place and things needed to be set up or done. And mm -hmm. it was it was handy. Yeah. yeah, you like it? I don't have one. I, I'm not a fan. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I can see the, the value in them, but every reception I'm at or any place I'm at, it's always so loud. I, I can barely even hear them anyway, yeah. you know? And then it's just- What a if it's prior to reception? I don't know anyone that uses them in the reception. Yeah. It's all pre, like, pre-ceremony, ceremony. Oh, you mean like prep. for bride prep and for first look and things yeah, of that sort? Yeah, especially the ceremony and like right Cere after Ceremony that. might work, yeah. I. I, I can go either way with it. I don't do it. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I always tell my shooter, well, a pet peeve of mine is that you should always be mindful of what's going on around you. You know, always, you know, obviously be in the moment of what you're filming, but keep an eye on the other shooters to see what's going on. Because just don't be like a, a deer in head. I've seen so many times where shooters are just like on a tripod and just the camera's doing the work. Yeah. But you always have to be around, uh, you know what's going on and be Which aware. It's huge, eye contact. Like yeah. I I worry that I'm probably doing it too much, but it's, it's so necessary. It is, Yeah. it's mm. so necessary. Cause there are moments that do come up where you're like, yeah. well I need to make sure I get that. Yeah. And like you said, anticipating it, you know, right. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a big part of what we do when like whether it's a wedding or you're doing a documentary, a documentary or any event, anything can happen. And you have to be there at the right spot to record. And how do you get to the right spot? By experience. Right. You already know this is going to happen. This is going to happen. I should be standing there. Mm -hmm. My second shooter should be over there. Mm -hmm. Like a third camera could be here down the aisle. Yeah. Things like that. So, yeah, yeah I think, we you know, those things come with experience. experience. Mm -hmm. So how do you get that experience? Like if you're a second shooter, how do you... Like, like, I mean, I think, I think the way to do that is to come, if, if you befriend the main shooter or the person who runs the, the company, maybe if you don't have the experience yet, like I said, maybe come in and maybe help move some of the bags around, understand sort of yeah, like the, layout, yeah, yeah. the system. It's, I think that's a good way to start. For sure. I think, you know, a lot of my second shooters have been there to help me set up lights, mm -hmm. to help me mic people. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I bring them in to mm -hmm. shoot. And yeah, like you said, it's great because they already know, like you can just be like, I want this light here, this light here, this is what we're doing and everything's already set up. And then at, when, they're, when, in, when you wrap up, they also know where everything goes. So it makes the production a lot faster, the, you know, when you're setting up and wrapping up yeah. and then just super smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Because you could be a silent main shooter and not engage with your second shooter and then it doesn't really benefit you or them. Yeah. Um, like this past weekend, we communicated a lot during the setup and I felt like I walked away learning a lot from this person and how they shoot. And um, so I felt, because we communicated so much on the day of, I right. felt like I was, I, I felt confident I could work with this person again because mm -hmm. they made it so easy to understand their setup. Right, and I think going and talking about the now, from the main shooter's perspective of kind of like working with a second shooter, I think you're right. It's really about the vibe and it's about the, the, uh, 
how you set it up. Because weddings are, or any event, it doesn't even have to be a wedding, can be stressful. For sure. And a lot of, you know, a lot of things happening, a lot of, you know, especially if you don't have that plan. If you don't have a plan, it's going to be even more stressful, you know. So imagine if there is a plan and, and things are a little less stressful, but if you're not communicating with, properly communicating with your second shooter, you're not doing your job. And that person is not going to work with and, it, and it, not going to want to work with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've been, I've seen, I've been on shoots like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just not, it's not, look, we're all on the same team. We're all trying to do the best we can to what we're trying to do for that day. You know, yeah. we're all on the same team here together, you know. But if you're just working with someone, it's just, it's just making it more difficult. It's just not a fun day. Well, I wanted to kind of add to um, not just weddings, because it happens on branding, commercial, documentary uh, sets. If something changes, so maybe it's a live event, like a wedding or a documentary, maybe something live is happening and it changes. For example, weddings and the toasts. Mm-hmm. Someone doesn't stand where they're supposed to, mm-hmm. and the lighting has to be moved and changed. Yeah. Having a second shooter that understands that that happens and having a second shooter that knows how to react to that um, because it just, it like always happens. So um, it happened this weekend and um, it's just because I have also experienced it. It was good to, you know, we we each understood like, okay, this is changing. We just got to go with it, you know, and like go with the flow and like just make sure we get the shot. Because I know, and I, I know for a fact, when I step into any type of wedding or any situation, even in an event, nothing's in our favor we got to bring not only the camera not only the lenses not only the tripods not only the monopods the sliders we got to bring the the audio we got to bring the a backup to the audio (laughs) we got to bring lights nothing is in our favor so we literally have to we have to make it happen Mm -hmm. because no one it's not going to happen any other way Mm -hmm. how else and if you have a team that's helping you out it just makes the day go by so much easier, yeah. you know? You know, another thing I wanted to talk about with second shooters mm-hmm. is how do you talk to a second shooter when you're done with the shoot, mm-hmm. when you're, you've edited it, and you want to give them some feedback about this was good, this was not good. I feel like it's always good to just, you know, be transparent, be clear, because if my second shooter, you know, did something that I didn't like, I'm not gonna just not work with him again. I wanna talk to him and be like, hey, look, I didn't like this. Maybe next time you could do this. And I can, you can work with them mm-hmm. to you know, better their skill and get those shots that you want in the future. Yeah, I agree. So I think it's that because I feel like a lot of people when they're done with the shoot, mm-hmm. they can be angry and they can just be like, boom. Yeah. Then that creates conflict. Then right. you don't want to. They don't want to work with you right, and all these right. things. So I feel like you have to see it for like an opportunity of, hey, look, I want this person to work with me more. I like how they are. They, you know, they're not there yet, but I can work with them sure. so that they can get to where I want them and I need them to be. Right. Exactly. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. ask you, when is the good time to do that? Is it a immediately right after, or is it? A week later? Is it months later? Like, when is the right yeah. time to do that? Honestly, when you're done with the edit. Okay. Or when you've reviewed the footage. 
Okay, so you don't do it like no, right no, after no. I I don't after. do it right after because, ah, uh, you know you, you have could, eight shoots to edit. Yeah, you, you have, have a, you have a, you don't have time to. Yeah, you right, don't right, you but, don't you but, don't really have time yeah, to. Yeah. And then you know what if you speak too soon? Mm. You know you have to review the footage and then be like, oh, this person had one little bad thing, but everything else was great. I'm not gonna talk to them about that one little thing. So do you review the footage yourself and sure. then? But but that's that's before you do the edit, or is that before? When do you when do you review the footage? I review the footage when I'm done with the shoot. When I'm done with my shoot, I do all my selects. I choose what I want, mm -hmm. and I categorize everything with camera A, camera B, and then if those are my cameras. But if I have whoever shot it, I'll label it under their name also, so I know what shots are theirs. Mm -hmm. And then I'll review, and then I'll be like, ah, oh, this was good. This was good. Or like, you know, sometimes I've been like. I can only use five seconds of what they shot in two hours. Mm -hmm. So that happens. And, you know, that's why it's good to review what they shot because I have to review all my footage to know what I have to, you know, make the best of what I could do with my edit. But don't you feel like it's good to do that as soon as possible because you don't want to bring them on other shoots and then not, you know, then now you have five or six shoots that are not necessarily yeah, yeah, yeah well yeah, yeah yeah for sure but i mean i always review my footage after i'm done oh so you do yeah, review yeah right? i do That's review right. it after right. i'm done i just right. don't i just don't, don't have that i don't have that one on one with them after right. the shoot i have to review the footage and then yeah some time ago i forgot i was shooting for someone else this is many years ago and i remember right after the wedding we literally went back to his i thought this was a little outrageous but we all went back to his office and we just watched everyone's footage and I was just like this is cool guys but I want to go home mm. <laughs> you know what I mean oh, so wow yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. did just, you know that was gonna happen no mm. yeah well, yeah he kept felt, you hostage yeah and I felt I felt yeah. I felt very uncomfortable because yeah. it's like it, when you like when you're especially when you're I was young then you know what I mean and I felt like it's kind of just putting me out there, you know. Yeah, I don't mean? think that's a cool thing to do. No, I don't think. That's I would have just know. been like, "Hey, this is what you. Need. This is what I'm here for. My shoot's done." Because yeah. I don't want to. I, I don't want to like kill the hopes and dreams of this like event filmmaker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I don't think his intentions were to be bad. I don't think he meant for it to be shaky or out of focus or whatever. What's wrong with the footage? You know what I mean? Or maybe underexposed or overexposed. Yeah. You know, I mean, hey, we, you learn from mistakes, right? For sure. Just don't make mistakes on my wedding, okay? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, PSA, it's done. So it's done. Yeah. But you. <laughs> well, I think that's. I mean, some filmmaking or filmmaker companies, they have maybe teams or second shooters that they're, like you said, they see potential in and they want to continue using that person, and right. maybe there just needs to be a little powwow, like a positive powwow, yeah. um, or it's like team huddle, you know, where we kind of review things that. Um, whether that person decides to be generic and just say like in general we need to be more focused on this aspect or be less shaky in here or this area yeah um, it could be in a team setting or individual and I think you know you're asking about like when do we talk about it that's gonna just depend on scheduling and like you know if you've yeah, got I don't shoots think it coming should go up on for like I don't think months. no yeah. I think it should be um, like you kind of said, you review the footage, and then especially if you're wanting to like book them to help you with things coming up soon, mm -hmm. you gotta correct, you know, correct the course there. Like you gotta right, fix it. Sure. So um, without crushing their dreams, you know, crushing if you want to have yeah. them, and that and that's part of being um, not not a 
CEO well, being boss, a leader, a lead, yeah. I was going to yeah. say a leader. A leader. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Leader. But yeah. just don't be a jerk and just be, yeah. but be forward. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And you know, another thing that I, I kind of look for in a second shooter or just anyone on my crew is that they're a cool person. Right. Because you don't want to work with a jerk. Even if they're don't like, even, even if they're like <laughs> up, up there right. and you have the option to hire, to hire them or they ask you, Hey, do you want to shoot this with me? Right, right. I've personally said no to people that are up there, up there, up there, and they're, they've asked me three times, oh, are you available on this day? Mm. Nope. I'm like, nope. They're like, oh, wow, you're always busy. I'm like, yep, I'm pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, but it's, you know, it's a lot, of, not all, always, sometimes I am busy, but I just don't want to work with someone that's a jerk. And, that's fair. and I don't care who they are. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, the days are, like I said, it's stressful enough as it is. Yeah. Why, why would you want to deal with someone who's just difficult to work with, doesn't listen to you? Yeah. You know, like, again, it goes both ways. Like, there's main shooters that could feel, uh, that could, like I said, can, can be very hard on their second shooters, very stressful, mm. and make a very stressful environment. And it goes the other way too. So it's like you, you sure. know, it goes both ways. But you just gotta have a good team. Yeah, a good team. So um, I got a few messages from from some other colleagues of mine, and they left uh, gave me some video chats uh, of what they think about second shooters. So let's check out let's check out a message from Vinny, uh, who's uh, I've worked with him. Actually, I second shot with him before, and he second shot with me before. Let's see what he has to say, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. What up? What up? Today I am helping my buddy Mike out, and we're talking about second shooters. Me and Mike have worked together over the years with each other, for each other, by each other. Uh, what I look for in a second shooter is uh, mostly experience. Uh, somebody who knows the industry well and is not just out there to collect a paycheck and go home, but somebody who also runs a business and knows what it's like to be the main shooter and the second shooter. Over the years, I've aligned myself with other studios, and I feel that's the best way to complete jobs with ease and peace of mind and get them done really well. Like I said, I worked with Mike before, and I bring him aboard when I need somebody that I can rely on, and I think he does the same for me. And the beauty of that is we all work out deals to help each other at affordable rates, but you get owners of companies. Something I don't like in second shooters is someone who starts the conversation with a whole bunch of complaints of how uh, many years they've shot and what they're worth and how much gear they have. That's great and all, but I just want to get a job done well and I could easily tell you rates and you say yes or no. But I look for reliable people with experience that way I know if I'm not watching or if I'm in the other room, they're getting the job done. That's just my take. Hope this helps. Wow, you know, what Vinny said is 100% true. Uh, it's, you know, talk, the, the good things and the bad things. I totally, uh, you know, identify with everything. And yeah, what do you think? 
I think that he hit the nail on the head when it came to like what he's looking for. I think we're all looking for someone that's just not there to just be a body and just to collect a paycheck. It's much more than just being a human tripod. You're there capturing uh, people on a very special day or moments and you want to make sure you're, 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 you're there to be present in the moment so you're just not a wall, you know what I mean, or an object, you know what I mean? So that's how I feel. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. I can't, I mean, I just, I can't say anything extra. That was, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thanks, Vinny. I really appreciate that. I want to now send it out to Vivian Vo. She's another uh, colleague I know in the industry. Uh, she's a photographer, uh, basically works a lot with the fashion and that type of world. So she sent me a little video talking about what she feels about second shooters. So let's hear what she has to say. Hello everyone, my name is Vivian and I'm a producer, creative director and photographer. Mike has asked me to share with you guys my thoughts in regards to having a second shooter on set. So I will say that I highly recommend having a second shooter when you're covering events. Whether photography or videography, I find it very useful as you can assign this particular person to either a specific location, specific shots, and you can have them do just B-roll or B-roll and A-roll, or you, know, you can have a shot list and divide it, or you can have them shoot specific events that are happening during that day. And in regards to other shoots, you know, I, I shoot mostly products, fashion, um, website content and in those scenarios I don't find that I necessarily always need a second shooter it really depends on the client and their budget and it also depends on you you know what works best for you because everyone's workflow is different some people find it's more efficient for them some people find that it actually is a burden because they have to manage a second person on set so it depends if you are the shooter or the director when I am directing, it's great to have two shooters because I have one person focused on one area and the other person focused on another shot list. Or if it's if I'm just doing strictly photography, there's no videography involved, I can have one person shooting the products and the other person shooting the lifestyle content or I could be one of the other photographers. So I hope this helps you guys out, but those are my thoughts. Uh, Vivian, thank you so much. I um, really like your take on this, knowing why you want a second shooter, um, n knowing why you need one, who that or what that person's role is going to be and like what they're going to get. So um, Vivian, you talked about like product, um, uh, someone getting product versus maybe the lifestyle part of a uh, shoot. Um, I know that uh, sometimes I'll have someone ask me to be the second shooter for more creative content. Um, at a wedding or a shoot um, or maybe sometimes you need someone to be that just b-roll person yeah. for that what would you call it like an anchor shot like just right. the steady like tripod and you need someone who's going to be good at like knowing how to capture everything while you maybe you're the one getting the artistic shot yeah. so um i i thought that was great and it's such a great starting point for anyone I, to I know agree. why you yeah. need it and you know because she said maybe you don't need someone well let's start on why you would need one in the first place and right. what you need captured i think you're absolutely right i think it's all about delegation you yeah. know and that, that comes from leadership again from like knowing that what are the strengths and the weaknesses of your shooters or your crew you know or yourself like you know what do you know you can get or maybe someone else can also yeah if someone's more of a drone person or they're more of a gimbal person or they're just 
better at sticks or shy, you know what I mean? Like, I think your crew, your team, you need to play to people's assets. Yes. It's like a basketball team, you know what I mean? Yeah. You gotta play to people, or a soccer team for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel like as a director, as the person who manages the whole project, you should know everything. Yeah. You know, you should know about drone, you should know about photography, you should know about video, and then say, I want this person here, I want this person doing this. Mm -hmm. It applies. It's like when you're directing a film. Uh, the director has been a cinematographer. They've been an editor. They've been a little bit of everything. So when you're leading your crew, you have to know at least a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Not not know it 100%, but right, right. but at you least know what you're talking about. Yeah, know what you're talking about. Uh, we got one more video, and it's from Carlos. And let's send it out to Carlos and see what he has to say about his thoughts about second shooters and how he works with them. What's up, Mike? So you wanted to talk about second shooters. And for me, in my opinion, a great second shooter always keeps his head on a swivel, is always asking questions, is punctual, is prepared. And the fifth and most important trait of a second shooter is that they are extremely adaptable. As you know, in event filmmaking, things change on the fly, out of nowhere, out of left field. And in those situations, I need someone that's gonna be able to have my back, see and recognize a certain situation, and be able to adapt to that. Uh, as far as pet peeves go, man, if you're late, I'm sorry. That is my biggest pet peeve as a second shooter. Thanks for having me on, Mike. I appreciate you. Thank you, Carlos, for that video. It was, uh, it was awesome. Actually, that's, in fact, what we've been talking about this entire episode, all those things he touched on, everything about pet peeves, about being on time, being adaptable. I mean, those are, those are essentials when it comes to being a second shooter. So... Yeah, so Jess, I know you had something else you wanted to say about second shooters? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I'm still like in awe of what that um, filmmaker gave me uh, as a second shooter, the timeline and specific lenses to use at each time. Um, but something that I do personally, and I have been getting better at it this year, um, I try to stay as consistent as possible, is to send contracts out and have contracts between myself and the second shooter that I'm hiring. I think this helps kind of check off all the things that we've been talking about as far as preparation. They know the locations, they know time, they know what I'm expecting of them. Whether like, I mean, sometimes I've gotten pretty detailed, like um, the attire that I may need them to wear. So there's just like an expectation and they kind of know what I'm looking for or mm -hmm. expect. Um, we talk about gear, so it's, it's some, it's something that requires conversation as well, whether it's on the phone or Zoom or DMs on like Instagram or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll talk about the gear that they have. Um, and uh, I just think that it helps me feel more confident that they understand what they're What's gonna to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, oh, I also, Again, depending on the shoot, what it is, if it's a wedding event or um, editorial piece or commercial, um, you know, I, and it almost kind of goes like case by case, but if I um, need to, I'll, I'll kind of put in there and remind them like, okay, you're working under my company, so try to represent me. <laughs> like if someone comes up with a card or asking for a card, you know, don't solicit or, um, I mean, I can get pretty detailed in the contract, um, but you know, I'm not asking, or I ask them not to like be handing out their cards 
on the shoot that they're working for me. Yeah, yeah they represent uh, and, you. Yes. Because when and, you're not in the room, yeah. right. you know what I mean? Exactly. It's like a, you're there. And it does um, go both ways. I also supply a contract when I'm asked to be a second shooter, and I include that for myself too. I want that person to know I'm not going to be trying to like get gigs from their wedding, and it's a communication thing. I, I know that we've worked together where someone asked like what I did, and mm. I was working um, as a second shooter mm. for you, or just like on your team, mm. and um, I didn't want to say anything, but we were like, cool, we we're all just kind of right. hanging out, and you're right. like, oh, it's totally fine. But you I know. think we were just taking a break, you yes. know, we were yeah. having a dinner, yeah. like in the I other room, yeah, this. yeah, yeah. I, and I think yeah. he was just inquiring about what you do and whatever. Right. And yeah, it can come across as being harmless, mm-hmm. uh, and but keep in mind, you are a second shooter, oh. and you know, you're, you gotta, you gotta understand you're representing that person that brought you there, you yeah. know? And, yeah, like for sure, like, I've also had that happen with me before. I've had someone I, I hired, you know, try to get jobs from my client, and I wasn't at this shoot. I hired, you know, I, I had another shoot, so I sent a guy to a shoot, and my client was like, hey, this guy you sent, you know, he like, he's offering me to do this. So yeah, I never worked with that guy again. And that's the thing. It's a, it, this is an industry where a lot of people know each other. Yeah. And if you do something wrong, everybody's gonna know about it. They will. And they're not gonna hire you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that thing. And then there's another thing also is when, you know, you hire a second shooter and they're on your project. Uh, you know, sometimes if they post on their Instagram and then they tag your client, it could look like, oh, the second shooter is kind of being, you know, sly or something or trying to get in with your client or trying to just see people, you know, trying to show off your project that flex. They yeah. Say. That's what yeah. They say, I guess. Yeah. Flex. <laughs> so I think, I think, you know, there are ways to get around that, which would be ask permission. You know, you ask permission, exactly permission, yeah, you ask yeah. permission to whoever hired you. And all those things can be talked about beforehand yeah. of yeah. like, hey, is it okay if I post photos? For sure. Now, I know there are some, and I'm going to cut you off, but I know there are some photographers I work with, their, their second shooters are literally shooting B-roll of everyone yeah. and posting it yeah. as the day goes, but they're doing it as promotional for the photographer. Yeah, I think, I think that, I think that, the way to do that would be to ask permission, but also be like, oh, you know, if you're doing, uh, if you're if you're posting things that you filmed with the camera, I think that's that's no. But if you're posting things that you're like doing behind the scenes at the shoot, and then you Again, and, but still ask permission though. Yeah, yeah, still permission, and then you write on a shoot with La France Films, mm-hmm. you know, or Indie House Films or Jess Nicole, it, it could, you know just ask and then that's the way that's right. that's the best it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt and it also it doesn't know, burn any future bridges exactly exactly yeah. and it doesn't make you look bad in general so that's like that's a big pet peeve of mine and uh yeah definitely don't do that on his jobs <laughs> or don't do it on anyone's job there you go you know don't do it don't do it on my jobs either yeah <laughs> or hers oh, yeah, no. um, yeah, I, I think it shows that you care because you guys talked about not just showing up, uh, or I think it was Vinny, not just showing up um, for a paycheck. Right. Like you actually do want the best for that person mm-hmm. and you hopefully get along. Treat it like it's your own job. And yeah. But also you want to work with someone 
so that that person can keep on hiring you. It's not a one-time thing. Because when you know that someone only hires you for one time, you probably did something wrong. Yeah. Probably. Mm. That's <laughs> what happened. That's why we don't work with each other very often anymore. No. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm just, well, all right, we'll have to talk about that <laughs> off camera. <laughs> anyway, so this show has been really, really great. I, I enjoy talking about second shooters. Um, as you, I know before going into this that they're really important. But I actually learned a lot from actually hearing from other people that we've, we brought on the show, whether Vinny or Vivian or Carlos. So thank you very much to them. And hopefully you got something out of it as well. Um, again, thank you very much, guys. Until the next time, it's been Before You Hit Record. Take care.